0: I'm Michael Dunn, and you're listening to Oregon Rainmakers from KLCC Studios. My guest today is Representative Val Hoyle of Oregon's 4th Congressional District. Since we last spoke after winning her election, Hoyle has now received her committee assignments and has introduced new legislation. Well, Representative Val Hoyle of Oregon's 4th District, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yeah, well, thank you for coming in. So let's just start with, you you were sworn in only a couple months ago. How has it been going?
1: It's, uh, it's really been fantastic it did take an excruciatingly long time to get sworn in as Kevin McCarthy gave away more and more of his authority to the most extreme wing of his party so it took four and a half days and I spent that time getting to know my colleagues a lot of time you're separated by committee and by party and we were able to spend a lot of time on the floor visiting and I I used that time to get to know people and figure out ways to work with them I um, I'm on really great committees: the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, and the Surface Transportation and, um, and Highway Subcommittee, and the Water Subcommittee. I'm also on the Natural Resource Committee, on the Water uh, Wildlife water and forest land subcommittee. So really exciting and very appropriate for this district.
0: Well, I know, I know in our last conversation, I know you really much wanted to be on that transportation infrastructure committee. What are some of your goals for your, for your committee uh, service over the next Congress?
1: So my main goal is to make sure that um, we get the taxpayer dollars that Oregonians pay to the federal government Back here in the form of investments in transportation and infrastructure, Peter DeFazio is chair led on the Bipartisan Infrastructure Act and the the administration has the ability to put investments into communities. So whether that is the Coos Bay, which is my number one transportation um, project, or Expanding passenger rail, investing in water and sewer plants, which for smaller communities is absolutely critical for um, for for them to expand the way they need to. Um, it's you know there's there's a lot we can do with the investments that will be uh, available because of the bipartisan infrastructure act.
0: Talk more about the port of Coos Bay and what you want to see there.
1: I would love to talk more about the port of Coos Bay. This uh, project will be a game-changer for this community and for our country. Um, the Coos Bay is a smaller port. And what we're looking to do is to dredge the channel so that we can have a uh, full container. So it will be a full container port. And with that, we will be able to reduce the supply chain congestion on the West Coast by 10 to 12%. And it will create, both directly and with ancillary services, create about 9,000 jobs between Coos uh, Douglas and Lane County, and that's an important, important thing. We are going to have to figure out where to house those people, and that's a whole whole other discussion and focus. But right now, the uh, port of Prince Rupert Sound in Canada. Um, has 70% of their containers coming to the United States, and they're investing over a billion dollars in their ports. Those containers should be coming through the United States, and also, with this particular port, it will put the containers directly to rail, so we can take diesel trucks off the road. This will be a green energy-powered port, and by deepening the channel, it will allow us to have the potential of wind energy off 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 our south coast now the port is something we're working on and i i I had a photo op with the president and i talked to him about the port of coos bay i've talked to everybody i know about this investment and this port and and what it would mean for us but we would have to upgrade highways and rail Um, but we need to make sure that when it's done it's done With the community, not over the objections of the community. Um, The biggest concern is where these wind turbines go to ensure they don't affect, you know, uh, the rich ocean ecosystem on the continental shelf, and uh, we don't affect whale migration and the the fishing economy that we have. We feed the world out of the south coast, and we want to make sure that we do both things. We allow people. To fish, we allow um, whale migration to be uh, not affected, and um, that we also move to a green energy source right there in the California Current, which is, you know, where there's a lot of fish and there's a lot of wind.
0: Sure, sure. Um, the Infrastructure and Reinvestment Act passed in the last Congress, but obviously there's still a lot of work to be done. Can you talk a little bit about in your committee how, you know, what are your goals in terms of making that historic legislation become a reality for everyday Americans?
1: So I am very, very lucky in that the chairperson of the Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, um, his name is Sam Graves out of Kansas, and the company developing the port in this public-private partnership um, is called North Point, and they're based in his district. So I have the support of the chairperson of the Transportation Infrastructure Committee, of people within the Biden administration, working with myself to move this project forward. And that's, um, that's the way things need to be done in, in this particular Congress. I also think that working with the administration to make sure that whether it's through the USDA rural economic development um, you know getting investment in our rural communities for water and sewer and roads out on 126 which is just a deadly part of the highway if we're going to increase traffic we need to make sure that road is safe we need to make sure we're expanding rail options so there are there are there are a lot of things to do but I'm I'm very I'm, I'm also focused on water. That's why I'm on the water subcommittee and transportation infrastructure and also on natural resources because whether it's ocean health or stream health or protecting the Clean Water Act, we need to make sure that there's a a strong voice to protect our natural resources while also allowing for growth of our economy and um, housing.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, one thing that we could talk about in terms of transportation happened recently, and that, of course, was the, was the, was the rail di- disaster in, in East Palestine, Ohio. But you're sitting on your committee, on the Transportation Committee, c- can you talk about perhaps uh, 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 a legislation that needs to occur in terms of rail safety?
1: So what happened in East Palestine was absolutely avoidable. So there was a a very bad um, derailment in Canada, and the Obama administration put rules into place to require advanced braking systems on these type of trains carrying hazardous material. Um, Over the core and and union members, and certainly Peter DeFazio, have been calling out the rail industry for making cuts to their to their staffing and safety measures. at the the expense of safety to pad their pockets. So Norfolk Southern cut their staff with this thing called predictive scheduling, and we may have been following that. That was one of the reasons why we almost got a strike um, for national rail. Um, So predictive scheduling, uh, overall, the rail industry cut their staffing 30% so that they could get just the minimal amount of staffing. Norfolk Southern cut their staff by 40%. They had increased profits and they used that money to lobby to have the Trump administration overturn the rules. Understand their braking systems were developed in the Civil War. All this would have said is you have to have an advanced braking system. This would have stopped that from happening. But they used their profits to uh, lobby, to have less safety rules, and to have stock buybacks which, again, are, is money that is not taxed the same as we're taxed. So you're letting you know, corporations and stockholders uh, be taxed less and paying them off instead of investing in our safety. I hope that we will have hearings um, and bring those rail company owners out in front of the Transportation Infrastructure Committee. Every person I talk to, whether they're a Democrat or a Republican, are are, want to have answers and i will say peter defazio has been calling this out for a very long time ever since the rule was overturned union members have been uh, from the rail industry have been calling this out and um the rail industry chose not to listen because they wanted more money in their pocket and they just didn't give a damn about the safety of the people on those rail lines
0: do you think hearings are a real possibility in 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 congress it's quite divided
1: I I I do the transportation infrastructure committee um, works is one of the committees and the the chair himself told me this that still works in a bipartisan way it doesn't mean we agree but our first committee hearing was on addressing the supply chain crisis so we had different ideas on how to do that and yes there are going to be partisan bills but understand East Palestine Ohio is a very Republican area right and I don't care if you're a Republican or you're a Democrat. You deserve to be safe. You deserve, we we, we deserve better. So it is a bipartisan issue. And um, I would like the Biden administration to reinstitute those rules. And I want to make sure that we're calling this out for what it was. This was an avoidable accident. The rail industry knew the problem. Norfolk Southern reduced their staffing more than most other uh, rail companies, and we have to hold them accountable. Right now, the way we hold them accountable is by making them pay the victims um, and, and suing them after the fact when there's a, an accident like this and or there's a death. What we should be doing is holding them accountable beforehand and making sure that we give an incentive. Right now, there's a financial and tax incentive for better stock buybacks. We need to give an incentive for them to uh, invest in safety and make sure that if they don't, they're held accountable before a disaster like this happens. It will be decades before we're able to clean up East Palestine. I'm Barbara Dellenback, host of KLCC's Oregon Grapevine. Sky Stickney is the Eugene Area Director for Young Life and the coach of Churchill High School Boys Varsity Basketball Team. He says the roles are deeply connected.
0: We get to use basketball as an opportunity to say the man that you will become, the character you have is developed from the adversity you face. When things don't go your way, when we're met with a challenge, how are you going to respond to that?
1: Youth participation in groups and
0: in life on KLCC's Oregon Grapevine, klcc.org. We're back talking to Representative Val Hoyle of Oregon's 4th District. Um, I know that job creation and workforce opportunities, including apprenticeships, is a big part of, uh, of some of your goals. Talk about that. You, you talked about layoffs at the, uh, for this rail company, but, but talk about ways in which you're going to be working to increase jobs.
1: So this is another issue that is very bipartisan, and uh, I'm—I uh, I, there were no spaces for freshmen on the Education and Workforce Committee, but I am on uh, a number of work groups. Uh, one bipartisan, one uh, is a Democratic work group um, working on expanding work, workforce options, and I think part of that is thinking about how we deliver education differently for the 50% of jobs that need more than a high school degree and less than a college degree. Um, we can use the apprenticeship model in more than the building and construction trades. And we just visited Thurston High where they have some great CTE programs and everything from the trades to you know computer coding to um, culinary work. And they're doing exciting things. What we need to do is let young people know what opportunities are available Provide options that don't leave them hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, with without the skills for the jobs that exist, and make sure that we're we're not just paying institutions of higher education to put butts in seats, but rather to give the certification and the competency to to um, have a workforce for the economy of the future. And I think that's a win-win-win situation for
0: everyone. Yeah. Obviously, r- relief of of student loan debt has been talked about a lot. And what do you think of the chances that 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 actually continues to thrive or or, or survive? You no, know,
1: the Biden administration made the the right decision. I I mean, I you know, I I paid almost twice as much as I borrowed um, for my student loans. Um, and you know, when I had we had kids and I had a lower lower income job, it wasn't possible to pay. Um, so I had deferments, forbearances, and then would pay the minimum amount, right. So I ended up owing more than uh, paying twice as much as I ever borrowed and while still owing the same amount, actually more than I borrowed. That's not right. We should not be making money on the backs of students. And some people say, well, I came up and I didn't get my loans forgiven. Well, that's fine. When going to school, a community college was four hundred dollars a semester, or going to a, 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 another a four-year college was less than ten thousand dollars. Now it costs two hundred thousand dollars to get uh, a degree, and um, you know, being in debt. With a high interest rate, and again, why why can't students get the same interest rates that we give the bank? We shouldn't be making money on the backs of students, but that means they can't buy houses, they can't make investments in businesses, they are crippled with debt, and um, we're n- not meeting the workforce needs. But you know, taking that that barrier away means that young people can engage in investing in our community better. Um, there's a group of Republicans that have sued to not make it happen. I don't know why. It's not like Sally May has has not made money on this over and over again. I think it was the right move, and I hope. Um, although you know, with the current Supreme Supreme Court, I, I don't hold out much hope. But I hope that we can move it through the Supreme Court where they will recognize the president has the authority to forgive student loan debt, and I hope that happens. But fundamentally, we have to think differently about how we deliver education and how we fund education and make sure that students don't have crippling debt. We find a way to pay them while they're learning and allow institutions of higher education to be creative as opposed to just paying for the old model of butts and seats.
0: Speaking of funding, an issue that has been very much in the news and is also uh, talks about your first piece of legislation. Let's go ahead and talk about the your feast, first piece piece of legislation, the Social Security Expansion Act.
1: Yes, I was very excited to work with uh, Representative Jan Schakowsky out of Illinois and Senator Bernie Sanders on expanding Social Security benefits and ensuring that Social Security. Um, that we shored up the so- Social Security system for the next 75 years. The fact is, this is a low income district. You know, the average per capita income is $32,000 a year in the six counties from Lincoln County down to the California border in-, in Curry County. And many, many seniors rely on Social Security for their retirement. And approaching Social Security as if it's an entitlement is offensive. That is not what it was meant to do. That is not what it is meant to be. So people paid into the system. They should be able to get something back from the system. Um, right now, we, we tax income just over $160,000 a year. We um, tax dividends You know, less than we do income that a working person would earn by working hour to hour, we have to change that system. So by increasing the the, the tax rate on people who make over $250,000 a year, and um, this would allow us to expand Social Security um, benefits by $200 a month, and an extra $200 a month, especially accounting for inflation, is make or break for so many people in this community. So I think it is our responsibility to make sure that Social Security can uh, last into the future. I think raising the age for someone to receive benefits is uh, bad policy, one, because there are some people, especially people that work in jobs that are very physical, um, that it's difficult for them to work until they're 70 or 72 and the other thing is we want to make sure these people move on so younger people can get these jobs but um i am very proud that this was my first piece of legislation because it's so important to so many people in this country
0: yeah there's sort of conventional wisdom in politics goes something like the american citizens they like their individual congressperson, but they they hate congress but i wanted to ask you you know when you got there, did you were you so much surprised that you would be able to meet with individuals on the other side of the aisle and, and be able to strike that kind of consensus and a sharing of the minds, if you will?
1: Absolutely. I thought, you know, I, I was in the legislature and I was labor commissioner and I worked well and had friendships even when I disagreed with, with Republicans and Democrats from more progressive areas. Um, because I represented West Eugene and Junction City. It's not, you know, uh, it's not South Eugene. Um, but I, um, I thought that Congress was broken and there wouldn't be opportunity to work together. So what really surprised me was that there is opportunity and there is um, a desire on, on behalf of a number of people, I think the majority of, of people and Republicans, to find ways to work together.
0: That was our conversation with Representative Val Hoyle. A new member of the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee, Hoyle is focused on projects like the expansion of the Port of Coos Bay. This has been the Oregon Rainmakers podcast on KLCC. I'm Michael Dunn, your host. Thanks for listening.